John chapter 8. Surprise, surprise, right? John chapter 8. We've been living in here for a while. I'm excited about it. love this passage. I was so excited to share this passage last week, and so um, I'm excited to do it today. I'm sorry to my family. They heard some of it already. Um, we may have talked about it for a little while. So two weeks ago, we looked at the story, and I kind of bored you for a few minutes, um, with critical analysis of Scripture, which I think is deadly important to us. But we talked about that, and we talked about the woman caught in adultery. Um, and two weeks before that, uh, we ch- finished up chapter 7 about the Feast of the Tabernacles, and we saw how Jesus' words had um, come to be decisive, and, and his controversy was rising, and, or divisive, not decisive, um, his controversy is rising and people are coming after him and they're looking to arrest him. And, and Jesus is here and he's speaking this truth at this, at this feast. And, and they, they come after him and they can't do it. And then, like I said, the woman caught in, a, in adultery. And then he chose to show amazing grace to her. And so with all of those things as our backdrop, we come to today's teachings. And in today's teachings, we're going to see something that I love. And I'm gonna, I don't usually do something, I don't pull something out of the middle usually and point it out. But I want to today, just real quick, And I just want you to understand that we're going to see it. When we get to it, we'll discuss it a little more. But something spectacular happens. A miracle happens today, and Jesus doesn't perform it in an outward expression that we've seen so far. And by that, I mean we've seen water into wine. We've seen walking on water. We've seen bread uh, multiplied. um, And we've seen these things happen. And, and, And so this time, it's his words. And there's a response that Jesus got. In this passage, it says that many believed in him. And guys, this is our great news that we have, is that people believe in him. And so moving forward, they don't, get to, they don't have to fear their death. There's no more dying for their sins. They got Jesus. They were forgiven, and it was no longer held against them. And if we believe today, that's true for us. So my prayer is in this service what ends today that we would too be in that same position if we're not, and if we are claiming to be believers today, that even greater our belief is placed in Him and our trust and our love for Him is just set up in such a way that is pushing us forward and making us stronger for service for Him. But my biggest prayer is that we know who Jesus is. And I don't mean the American Jesus. I don't mean the Jesus um, that other religions have drawn Him out to be. I don't mean the religions that church in America has made him to be. I don't mean the reasons that your mom and dad and grandma's church meant to be. I don't even mean the Jesus that your pastor, me, sometimes can mess up and be. I mean the real Jesus that this Bible tells us who he is because he's telling us himself who he is, especially in this passage today. So as we dive in, I pray that we know Jesus. So let's read. We're going to read eight through, or I'm sorry, chapter 8, 12 through 30. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but I will have, but will have the light of life. So the Pharisee said to him, You are bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. And Jesus answered, Even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true, for I know where I came from and where I'm going, but you do not know where I come from or where I'm going. You judge according to the flesh, I judge none, no one. Yet even if I do judge, my judgment is true. For it is not I alone who judge, but I am the Father who sent me. In your law it is written that your testimony of two people is true. I am the one who bears witness about myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness about me. They said to him, Therefore, where is your Father? And Jesus answered, You know neither me nor my Father. If you knew me, you would know my Father also. These words he spoke in the treasury as he, caught, as he, as he taught in the temple. But no one arrested him 
because his hour had not yet come. We're getting close, remember, we're getting close. So he said to them again, I'm going away, and, I w- <clears throat> and you, you will seek me, and you will die in your sin. Where I'm going, you cannot come. So the Jews said, will he kill himself? Since he says, where I'm going, you cannot come. And Jesus said to them, you are from below, and I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. So they said to him, who are you? And Jesus said to them, just what I have been telling you from the beginning. I have much to say about you and much to, to judge, but he who sent me is true, and I declare to this world that I have heard from him. They did not understand that, that he had been speaking to them about the Father. So Jesus said to them, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and that I, will, and that I do nothing on my own authority. But speak just as the Father has taught me, and he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. As he was saying these things, many believed in him. May, I, may God add his blessing to his word this morning. Growing hostility here, guys. We're talking about these people, like I said, at the end of chapter 7 at the tabernacle, I mean at the, uh, uh, um, the, the Feast of the ta- Booths. They're wanting to arrest him. Um, Last two weeks ago, we called our message the Jesus Trap, where they tried to trap Jesus in the wall so they could arrest him, and he just keeps blowing them away with his teaching. Here in this passage, um, he, is, he is teaching that, that he, who he is once again, and he's just talking. He's not doing any outward miracles. He is simply trying to let people know who he is. Early in the ministry, we saw where he did some miracles, and he immediately said, I am not tying myself to these people. I'm not taking them on because they don't truly believe in me. They only believe in the physical things I'm doing. We saw that with the bread. We really focused in on that when we talked about the bread and the, the breaking of the bread and how he, how he produced the bread and the fish and, and over and over again to feed so many people. So Jesus' miracles are obvious and they're, they're, they are testimony to his life and they're testimony to the Father, but here his words are. And yet miracles happen as we read in verse 30 and we'll see here in a few moments. The miracle is that people believed, are saved, rescued, and brought to life. That's the miracle. Romans 10, 17 tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Hearing by the word of Christ. Life is imparted to us through his, spoke, through his words. I pray that this is today. I pray this is who we are. I pray that this happens for each of us today, even those of us who have known him for years, maybe are new believers, or those who are still seeking. I'm so grateful that you're here. You're more important here than I am. So may Jesus stand forth for us and may we see his spirit and his testify to us today. All right, let's start. Let's break these passages down. Verse 12, guys. We could, we could spend all day on verse 12. We're going to spend most of the day on verse 12. But we could spend all day on verse 12. We could spend a, several days on verse 12, especially if we just sought out Scripture to see other places where Jesus is referred to either as the light or in some form of the light to where he come in. We could start in Genesis, and we can go to Revelation, and we could spend weeks on this one verse and this one concept. And yet, this is only said in this passage one time. Now, we'll see it again, um, him say it again as we, as we study, but one time. And he says, And Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. As I said, it's not mentioned again in the next chapter. In the rest of this chapter, I mean. And, and, and yet, it is so um, urgently important for us to get. On Wednesday night, I talked about two words that I think we misunderstand. And one of those words was good, and the other one was love. Because in creation, 
The triune God created everything. And he said every time he created something, he looked at it and he said, it is good. And to us, the word good is just, okay, yeah, it's good. You know, how, was, how was that pizza? It's good. But if you have it and it's got enough bacon on it, you say, it's spectacular. You say something else, right? We've come up with these bigger words than good because we don't understand God's definition of good. We also don't understand God's definition of love. We talked about that a little bit. And we're not going to go into those two things today, but we don't. It's a, it's a depth that we don't really get. And here when he says, I am the light of the world, we, we played with the kids up here, obviously, and it was fun and goofy and they did stink under there. Um, and uh, and, and, and it, was, it was pretty dark when it was all the way down and, and they understood that there was an absence of light. We can understand that the idea that Jesus is a, is a single light or he's a, his light makes other things run. You know, as a kid, I remember we used to talk about all the time in Florida, um, they have what's called a palmetto bug, which um, is basically a cockroach, but it's gigantic and it flies. And um, every, they're everywhere. And, and we would say, uh, turn on the lights before you go in a room so palmetto bugs don't fly into you. If you're in certain parts, especially if you're out in Grandpa's shed, you always put the light on and open the door for a minute and let them come out because they'll fly right in your face. And um, I never scream because I'm not scared of them. Um, I like bugs. Uh, that's my second lie today. Um, <laughs> but uh, you, the light would make them leave. We all understand that. But the idea that Jesus is the light is much deeper than that. It goes a lot further than that. And, 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 it, and it, it is, it is a, a, an idea that we need to understand. We need to understand that it's not simply a light that illuminates a moment or a, a singular place. That Jesus' light, when it is in us, it is revealing us. It is relieving us of our, of, of our darkness and, and, and it is leading us to the Father. And it is in the process of redeeming all things to himself. That's what he meant here. He's not saying to them that I, I, I can walk in a room, you know, some people say, oh, that so-and-so is the life of a party, right? It's not Jesus ain't saying, hey, I'm going to walk in the room. Everybody's going to be happy I'm there. I mean, I think I would be if he came in right now. I'd, I'd, I'd be done. I'd just shut up for one and, uh, and uh, I'd be a little bit scared because I'd probably get something that I shouldn't have. Um, but what a cool thing to think about when we say that Jesus is the light. He's not a simple flicker. And yet at the same time, if it was pitch black in here, one flicker of a match would make a huge difference. Jesus is the concept of all light. He is all the light that there is. And so as we dive into that idea, we need to take that for what it is. We need to understand that that, there's a much greater understanding of who Christ is as the light than just thinking of how we understand it in small moments. Because we take the light for granted until we don't have it. i got a perfect example for you this morning. Annabelle was perfectly fine all morning <laughs> until it got dark under there and she wasn't so fine. That's all of us. We take the light for granted. Let's, as we learn this passage, let's not take Jesus for granted. I thought about today showing one of these videos and another video that was, um, I don't know if anybody's ever seen this, but this new, it's a new phenomenon, new craze. It's, I think it's called, um, I think it's called electro dancing. I don't know if that's the right term. or not. I'm just not that cool and hip to know um, and I sure can't dance. So, but it's these ideas of these black stages and people are dancing with these illuminated suits on. Has anybody seen that stuff? It's crazy cool. And they can do stuff because they, they can turn parts of it on and off. You'll see somebody dancing and their head will disappear and then somebody else's head will come past them and they do things. It's just cool stuff. And it's so neat. And I thought, man, that's a really good imagery of the light when I looked at it in here because even with the lights off, it didn't look very good on our screen. So I chose not to do it. But 
The reason I thought about doing this is because we can understand the presence of that light in pitch darkness. I think we all have probably been there. We get it. But I just want us to to really focus on what that means. We understand what light does. It eliminates darkness, but it only does it for the time that it's on in in the present place. And see, that's not necessarily true for Jesus. He's always the light, and darkness always flees him. See, Jesus says to them, I am the light, and there's a great meaning into this. There's a great, and it's not the next slide, Brian. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, But... We're, I want to get a couple concepts and then we'll, we'll, we'll take a visual of that idea. But he's claiming here to be more than, than, what, than what they see in front of him. He's not only claiming to be the light as a phrase that he's using. He is claiming that his authority in what he does and says is from the Father. Because they understood that the Father was the, pro, the, 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 the producer of the light. He was the reason for the light. And that was a teaching they would understand. So he's saying, I am, like, I am from the Father, and that's who I am, and everything comes from him, and, and everything is, is because of him, and it's divine, and I am straight from him. See, he is the light, and here it is, because of his relationship with the Father. See, he is the light because of that relationship, and he's trying to get them to understand it. He's been trying to get them to understand it every time he speaks, and they just can't do it. But Jesus' relationship with the Father is why he is the light, because he is one with the Godhead, and we see it. I think this is a beautiful example of this passage, and I'm going to skip down um, a couple of verses here. Um, we'll come back to where we're supposed to be, but Jesus is saying that I am the light. He's saying, I'm from the Father, and he goes in to explain this to them, and I don't judge like that. Uh, everything I do is because of the Father. And then he says in verse um, 23 that I'm from below, and you are, you're, I'm, I'm, you're from below. And then verse 26 says, I have much to say about you and much to judge. You know what I love about that passage? We know Jesus was God. That just shows that Jesus was human too. I think he's revealing to them, yes, guys, I'm in front of you. I'm physically in front of you. But I don't judge you this way. I'm not like you in this way. It's a beautiful picture of the perfectness, the perfect 100% God and yet the 100% man that Jesus was. And, and as hard as that is to understand. And so everything about this passage that we read and that we're going to go through the rest of the way is, is a dialogue about Jesus' correctness to the Father, how he is linked directly to the Father. Guys, I think this is life-changing stuff. See, you notice when we read the rest of verse 12, I am the light of the world. See, that's a beautiful statement. We, if we stop there, we could, I, I just spent a few minutes on it. We could spend a lot longer on it. But the last part of this verse, and those who know Christ as their Savior, you understand this part greatly. And if you know Him as your Savior and you've fallen away from this and you've allowed sin and other things to take over, and we're going to talk about that at the end of the, today and how we can get that right and let that light shine in us. And if they're in here and you don't know Christ as your Savior, awesome. You know what? You understand darkness, but you've never understood light. Here's what happens with light. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Wow. Notice that when you follow him, you have him. Whoever follows will have me. He will have the light. That's Jesus. The light of the world. The light in you to enlighten the world. Giving us the ability to see all things, to understand these things, to understand the Father, to understand the relational aspects of of who Jesus is. See, he's not going to come in Jesus could absolutely come in and sweep and take away darkness and evil, but he'd have to kill all of us to do it because within us is sin. And I don't really want that. (laughs) That's that question, right? Why does bad things happen? Well, sin. 
See, Jesus could do that, but instead he has sacrificially given us himself as the light to give us the light, to heal us one at a time and take away each of our darkness. See, if anybody else said this beside Jesus, it would sound ridiculous because you and I both know, at least those of you who are older, old enough, um, that when, you, when we all saw David Koresh in Waco, um, we all were like, dude's crazy. Dude's crazy. So we quickly figured that out. Some people didn't, obviously. People that died down there with him. Terrible. I hate it. It's sad. It's heartbreaking. Before we had Jim Jones. Said things about being the Messiah. It sounded crazy. See, if Jesus would have said those things and other heretics did say those things in these time frames, then they were killed immediately. They were stoned. And Jesus wasn't. Why? Because his time had not yet come. See, these crazy words are revelation of who this Father is and how crazy His love is for us. See, who I am, or I am the light, means a lot of things. It means that Jesus is truth. He's life. He's righteousness. He's love. Or, if you don't want to believe it, you want to stay in darkness, you live in darkness, ignorance, death, lies, hate, spiritual blindness. Ignoring Jesus isn't going to get us anywhere. It's going to leave us right in the place where we are. And right in the place where we are. See, God created this word and He looked at it and He said it was good before sin. He said it's good. And, 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 I, and I, don't, I wish I understood what goodness meant in that way. I wish I could see what that looked like. Because I was talking this morning about the snow and if you know anything about me, I hate it. But at the same time, I think it's gorgeous when it's snowed across the field and trees are kind of hanging heavy with it and, and, it, and the sun hits it and the, you can see the different crystals and how they sparkle and you go, man, the magnificence of God's creation is shown in it. I love that. And I wonder what that looked like before sin. I wonder what the world was like. And I wonder what the brightness of the light was. See, that's the light that Jesus is trying to bring back. See, creation was made to fulfill the glory of God, to produce it and show it, and to be full of that light. See, it's not foreign delight. Think about it. Trees, plants don't grow without it. Not well. Not without some kind of other thing helping it. Think about what the light does when, it's, when it helps a, an, an, a, 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 reflects off the moon to help an owl see at night. Think about the light that God created and why he created it. If we don't get enough of it, we lack necessary essentials that are to our body. See, it was, it was created for, for the, the, this, this earth was created to be full of this light. And because of sin, it's gone. Except for Jesus trying to bring it back. He, not, he didn't just try, he does it. And he allows us to be a part of that. He allows us to be filled with it and filled with him so that others can see it and know it. So that the redemption of all things can take place. See guys, we can have, and those of us who know Christ, we do have the light of life. John 1, 4, and 5. You guys remember this when we did first, uh, John 1. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. We've heard these words about who Jesus was, and now we're seeing Jesus teach it Himself. See, He's saying that the life that's given to those who believe enables them to see. 
And unless life is given in Christ, we are blind and we remain blind. And we are see, we can't see, we can't uh, spiritually, we can't see ever. And you know why? Because when we're sinful, we're dead, and dead people can't see. Dead people can't see. I, I made a, a really bad statement when I was, I think I was twenty or twenty-one years old, and I was asked to come preach at a church in um, northern part of Alabama, and uh, I preached. And I was, I don't know, it's probably, I was pretty, pretty new and I might have made it, I don't know, 16, 18, maybe 20 minutes, I don't know. And I think I just read real fast and spoke real fast. And, but I walked off the platform and people, of course, you know, they do the weird thing to pastors and just FYI, all pastors hate this, you ready? That's a good job. And I'll tell you why, it's not because it's not nice, it's because it's not, we don't do it for us. Don't do it for us. You know, and so it's, it's a weird feeling. But we had some of that. Man, you, of course, you got some guys saying, for a young guy, you did that, you know. Good, yeah, whatever. Awesome. It made me feel good. And then this lady came up to me, and I was talking to a group, and she said, I wish you were our pastor here. And I said, oh, well, okay. That's nice of you to say. Um, I said, well, I'm not ready to be a pastor. <laughs> I'm still not ready to be a pastor. Um, <laughs> and she said, well... I come here every Sunday, and I don't think I get fed at all. And I'm from North Carolina where people say mean things and then say, bless your heart. And so, I forgot to say, bless your heart. So, um, I said, well, ma'am, you, 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 just, you just shave a dead sheep. You can't feed it. Whoops. I should have. I should have blessed her heart, and I didn't. I don't know why they didn't ask me to come back, um, but that was wrong of me. It was super wrong of me to say. Because when we don't know, and I don't know this woman's spiritual life, but it's the same concept. We can't see. We can't grow in light. We can't give the light if we're dead. And we are dead without having Christ in us. But if we follow Him, we get the light. That's the great news. But there's also a bad news about light. Because if light exposes darkness, it exposes all the things that are in the darkness. I was reading a, um, a book a couple years back, and I wish I could remember it, but this story came to my mind as I was studying for this. And it was a story of a man who was in a conversation. Um, he, was, he, was trying to do, he was trying to witness, he was trying to be evangelistic, and he got in a conversation with a man who said, I don't want to hear about Jesus. I don't want to uh, learn about him, and, and I want to reject him completely. And so I guess the conversation went on, and I, and I'm, I literally, I'm, I'm, I've got it written down. You don't remember the story. My, my notes say, you don't really remember the story. Try your best. Um, <laughs> but basically the story says that I continued to try to talk to this man, and I asked him, why do you not want to know anything why can we not even have a conversation about it just a decent and he said because i already know what i do wrong i don't need it thrown at me okay that's and, and sadly that's sometimes that's how we make people feel that's some, that's how reading the, i told you guys when we went through the book of james every time i opened a page of it and read a verse i felt like somebody was kicking me in the junk in the stomach it just hit me right in the stomach all the time over and over again because i can't i can't read that without feeling like i'm getting knocked the wind knocked out of me because man it's hard it's hard to have our sin exposed to us it's hard to constantly look at the, at 
the scripture and know that when we have this light shined into us, it's going to expose everything that's wrong. But that's what redemption is. It's God saying, God, here's what's wrong. I can fix it. See, Jesus, this man in that conversation, he didn't understand that, that the person telling him about Jesus wasn't saying, you've got to get it all right to get Jesus. He was saying, you can get Jesus. He's going to make you all right. But see, that's what the light does. And as I, as I thought through this passage, I thought, how do, you, how do we understand that in another way? Because no one likes to come in the house and um, turn on the light and all of a sudden notice the dirty dishes that are still in the sink, right? Or, or the scuff marks your kids put on the wall because you haven't been in their bedroom in a few weeks or whatever it might be. Nobody wants to see all that stuff all the time. But what we do need to see is that this light is exposing our sin for us to be healed. As terrifying as the word is, I'm very grateful that my mother went to a doctor one day with nothing wrong with her that she knew and was told that she had cancer. I'm very grateful for that day because it's because of that day that my mother is alive today. I remember being in college and she called and said, I have to tell you something and I knew something was wrong because my dad was on the other line. (laughs) They have a house phone still. And I said, um, well, at least I did then. I said, Dad, you're on here, right? If you've ever met my dad, he's, none of you have met him long enough to really know, but you probably all know who he is because I talk about him so much because he's truly my hero. But um, he doesn't, he's not emotional. He's pretty just level all the time. He's pretty much one place. When my dad couldn't say anything to me and I could hear him sniffling, I knew something's wrong. And I assume it's my grandmother. I assume it's something. I assume one of my brothers is, my brothers don't live very godly lives. I assume something had happened. My mom said, I have, I have ovarian cancer. I said, okay. And she said, but it's not spread yet. I'm okay. We're going to go get it and we're going to be all right. As fearful as I was that day, I'm grateful for that day. Because had they not known that she had that cancer, I wouldn't have my mother today. Folks, if we don't get Jesus, we don't get another day. Eventually, there's a day where it stops and our sins are going to send us to hell and it's over. And if you don't care about that within yourself, then how are you going to care about it in the world? I read a, I read a, a, a line, I think um, it may have been David Platt said it recently. He said, when we talk about hell, we need to get emotional because if we're not emotional, we're either telling people that it's not a big deal to us or they're not a big deal to us. Guys, we're talking about dying in sin. I, I, the, the two best things that have ever been said about me in the last like year and a half is one guy got mad at me and said, I'm too much of a scripturalist. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> and the other one goes, you say something about the gospel every time you speak, I said, thank you. Don't you ever preach on anything else? I said, there's nothing else. I can learn a lot of other things, but it's always the gospel. Guys, we've got to understand that this light is what is here for us. And we need it. And Jesus says, I'm the light. I'm the treatment for your sin. I'm the treatment for your illness. I'm the treatment for your disease. 
Verse 13 says, So the Pharisees said to him, You are bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. They're trying to trap Jesus, and yet we've seen him deal with this already before. Um, matter of fact, in John 5, 30 and 31, he says, I do nothing on my own. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just, because I seek not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. If I alone bear witness about myself, my testimony is not true. So they didn't catch him. They're trying to. They're setting it up. They're trying to get him still. They're trying to find a way to catch him and to, to arrest him and go and take him somewhere. And they're saying, you, you're a liar, and we're going to get you lying, and we're going to catch you because now you're bearing witness about who you are as the light. Now you're saying, I'm the light. And before you said you weren't the light, you were just doing everything for the Father, and now you're saying you are something. What they didn't hear him say was, I'm the bread, and I'm, the, I'm, the spring, I'm a well of, 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 of a spring of water that will never go dry. And they're missing all his other teachings, but here's what they're doing. And I want to give you a quick illustration to understand what, that, what they're trying to do here. If you and I were... Uh, uh, hanging out and um, say so we had a British friend. I don't have any British friends. I want a British friend, but um, they say the word bloody. That's probably the worst accent you've ever heard. Um, but they say bloody this and bloody that. And it's, a, it's, it's a negative, very negative thing. And I would say to him, that's weird. I would never call something bloody blank, whatever. I'm just not going to use that terminology. It's just weird. And then we go out and we're, I don't know, over at um, going hiking somewhere and one of you slips and rips your leg up and I go, ooh, that's a bloody mess. And another friend said, I heard you say you'd never say bloody. You're a liar. That, that's, I mean, I'm telling you, that's exactly what they're doing here. It's ludicrous, right? It's, it's ridiculous. Stay there. It's ridiculous. But it's exactly what they're doing here because they're scared and their hearts are dark and they're just trying to make sense of it. They're seeking discrepancies. They're seeking inconsistencies with this teaching and they're not finding it. Guys, I only am going to spend a moment more on this verse and here's why. I pray and I beg and I hope that this is not you in life. Not only with the scripture, but in everybody else. Don't become this person that's always digging and looking for somebody's discrepancies and inconsistencies and how you can get them because you're going to get yours because you got them too. Here's the problem. Jesus didn't and God's word doesn't. Jesus didn't have discrepancies. He doesn't have inconsistencies. None of his word does. And that's what they're trying to do. They can't find it. I pray that when you hear preaching, when you hear the word, when you hear worship, you find a way to worship with a hope that is true, not hoping to find Jesus is wrong. That's a scary place to be. I'm so grateful today that he opened my eyes to understand that. Because there was a time when I walked out of church at 18 years old, and I said, this, I don't just, I'm not sure. I'm not buying in anymore. And I, did, I looked at everything else. I'm so grateful at that moment where I told God I was going to give him my life, that he was, I was his, that I was real, and he, he brought me back to that place because I was looking to call it wrong. I pray that's not you today. Verse 14 says, Jesus answered, even, I do, even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true. For I know where I came from and where I'm going, but you do not know where I came from or where I'm going. See, so remember, this is a little play on words here. Jesus is kind of messing with them. They don't know where he came from heaven, but they don't even know that he came from Bethlehem. Remember, they're, calling him a, they're saying he's from Galilee all the time. But he's really saying, I came from God, I'm going to God. You don't know God, therefore you don't know me. You can't tell that I'm the light of the world because the purpose of the light of the world is to show that I am God and to reveal God. So the true light revealed what? So in, in other words, it's saying that I am here for God. I am here from God. I'm going to God. I'm here as God. That's what it means that I'm the light of the world. And when you take on this light of the world, all those things of darkness disappear. It will disappear forever because we still have our sinful nature. We fight it. But within us, you know what the difference. You understand that difference. See, the true light 
wasn't here for himself. He wasn't here to be served. He wasn't here to get raised up. He, well, that's, that's, I lied there. He was there to get raised up. It just wasn't on a pedestal. It was on a cross. Verse 15 says, You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. Yet even if I do judge, my judgment is true. For it is not, for, for, for it is not I alone who judge, but I and the Father who sent me. He said, I don't judge you by all my own merits. I do it according to my, my Father, who you all seem to claim to trust and believe in. We do it together. I do it according to his word and what he does and what his teaching is. And I'm doing exactly what he wants. Verse 17 through 19 says, In your law it is written that the testimony of two people is true. You like that? Me and the Father? And your law says it's good. So I'm the one who bears witness about myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness about me. The Pharisees, once again, they say to him, Therefore, where's your Father? Oh, that would be a question we would ask. Let's seek the Father, folks. There's a different reason, but let's ask that question in life. And Jesus answered, You know neither me nor my Father. For if you knew me, you would know my Father also. He said, The Father and I are united. We are one. We are together. We have the same thoughts, the same characteristics. You don't know the Father or you would see me. The Word and the prophets have testified about me and you don't know that I'm even standing here in front of you. So if you love me, you, if you loved Him the way you claim to, outwardly, you would also love me because you would know that we are one. I think for me, this is the, the saddest portion of, of Scripture is Jesus' life when He's constantly saying, you guys have learned this and you should know and they still don't see him. See, it's very similar to his teachings about being the true bread in chapter 6 and being the authority from the Father in chapter 5. Heck, being the spring of life and water with the woman at the well and, and, uh, and, and so on and so forth. We can continue to wrap these things up with what Jesus, this is who he is. He's one with the Father. As we talked about a few weeks ago, John gives us little interjection points here, and here's one of them. Verse 20. Says these words he spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple, but no one arrested him because his hour had not yet come. I love to watch John drop these in because it just gives us the beauty and the intricacy of the plan of God and how it's going to play out. See, if this audience, this audience would be made up of devote Jews to be in the treasury, that's where they would be. They would be just in there reading the scrolls and getting taught and, and looking pious and looking all dignified and um, probably, you know. They're the, they're, the, they're the best looking of the group as far as what we think is, is, is looking the peace. And sadly, we still believe in that looking the peace thing. But that's where he would be. If his hour had come, that's where they would say, this is a crazy person, let's get him. Verse 21. So he said to them again, I'm going away. He's saying, I'm going to die. I'm going to be beat to death. I'm going to resurrect. And then I'm going to ascend to the Father. That's what he says there. He says, you'll seek me and you'll die in your sin. Where I'm going, you cannot come. So the Jew said, will he kill himself? Since he says where I'm going, you cannot come. And sadly, once again, we're back to this idea of the spiritual mind versus the physical mind. They have no spiritually mindedness about them. They are physically minded and spiritually dead. And he said to them, you are from below and I am from above. You are, the world. <clears throat> you are of this world and I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins for unless you believe that I am he who will die, you will die in your sins. You can't follow me unless you take on the light through repentance. And you only follow me by taking on that light through repentance because the Holy Spirit has laid upon you to know me and my Father has called you unto himself. 
So follow this. Lay yourself out there. Trust me as the Messiah. Or you die in your sin. Or spiritually you die in your sin. There is no other way. I am terrified of this, this situation that we have in the world where it's commonly called synchronistic religions where people are just taking whatever pieces they want. Matter of fact, there's an entire religion. Um, there's actually probably two that would probably categorize as religions that are kind of based on this concept. One is the idea of universalism. And I'm, I'm kind of being loose with that one. But there's another one called the Baha'i faith that it does have a core religion. But I've been to two Baha'i services. And one time it was all Jewish and Jewish readings and songs. And one time it was like going to um, maybe a, a really standard Pentecostal or Presbyterian church. Like, they, they read out of the Bible and they sang some songs that I knew and then and it got crazy. But these things, are, they're synchronized. They're taking these things and they're just melding them all together. Oh, it's all good. Oh, there's a lot of ways to heaven. Just get there. There's not. There's not. He said, unless you give me your life and take on my light, unless you believe, unless you have hope in me, you have nothing. He said, if you do not believe, you will not have me. You will die. You will have not have life. You will not have life because that's who I am. Verse 25, so they said to him, who are, who are you? Jesus said to them, just as I have been telling you from the beginning. Just as I've been telling you from the beginning. He's been trying to tell them this whole time who he is. But once again, I say, oh, that we would ask the question constantly, who are you? Who are you, Jesus? Who am I to you? How personally can we get? How can we build this relationship? They're not asking that necessarily. But he said, I'm trying to tell you. I have much to say about you and much to judge, but he, he who sent me is true. Not a glare to the world that I have heard from him. They did not understand that he had been speaking to them about the Father. So Jesus said to them, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, mm, once again, not on a pedestal, not in a glorious display of his, of his majesty, not to worship and adore him, not to fall on their faces before him and say, this is he, this is Jesus, the Son of God. Not for that reason, but to be crucified. And you've lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, that I've done nothing on my own authority, but just ju speak ju just as the Father taught me. Jesus is saying when you... You're going to crucify me and my role as rescue and redeemer at that point will be secure. And I will rise and I will reign and I will shine forever. And one day you're going to know it. And today I say you can know it. You can know it now. And be saved from those sins and not die in them. Or you can be one of us who say, um, who, 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 one of the ones who, who, who yell crucify me constantly and die in their sin. But when it's too late, it won't, there will be no chance. There will be a moment that it's too late. See, as an unbeliever, if you're in this room and you're not sure, or you know for sure you're not a believer and you're not bought in, but you're seeking, or for whatever reason, you know, this, this, is, this is presented to you just as Jesus presented it to them. He's saying, see me and believe, or you're going to die in your sins. He says, I want to grant you life hearing of my word he said my life will awaken your heart it will drive out the darkness and the sin I'll pour my blood upon you my righteousness will cover you my father will look upon you and you'll see me I will, I will advocate for you and I will, I, will, I will stand as a mediator for you 
I'll go to my Father, and my righteousness will be poured out on your behalf because of the blood I shed. It's what he's saying. And he's saying, guys, believe in who I am. Stop resisting. Stop battling. Be at that moment where you're ready to believe. Verses 29 and 30 say this, And he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone. For I always do the things that are pleasing to him. And as he was saying these things, here's the miracle. Many believed in him. As he was saying these things, many believed in him. Guys, here's the deal. As unbelievers, Jesus is in fact the light of the world. As believers, he's in fact the light of the world. And to the darkness of falsehood that we live in, Jesus is the light of truth. To the darkness of ignorance around us, Jesus is the light of wisdom. To the darkness of impurity and sin, he is the light of holiness. To the darkness of our sorrow, he is the light of joy. And to the darkness of death, Jesus is the light of life. 2 Corinthians 4, 6 says, For God who said, Let the light shine out of darkness has shone in our hearts to give the light of knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. I pray that that is where we know him that we know him today, that you know him today. Trust him and believe him and be saved. He brings understanding, wisdom, light, and life. If today you're here and you claim to be a believer and you go, oh, it's awesome, the gospel's so cool. The gospel's not only for non-believers. Guys, it's for us just as much. Imagine if you would for a moment being lost in the woods with no food, no water, no shelter, Five, six days maybe. And all of a sudden you look up as you've been trying to find your way out and you see a light. And it's, it's a porch light on in this house. And you've not seen anything else for, for days. And you might be tired and hungry and exhausted and your legs might hurt and you might be sunburned, dehydrated or, or frostbitten and, and, and terrified. But you'd see that light and you would dead on full sprint as hard as you can and you'd fight through everything to get to that light because it means hope. But there's another time when light's not so good. When we're kind of scared by light. Some of you may have done things like this. Maybe some of you egged somebody's house one time. Or maybe you toilet paper at somebody's house. Or maybe you shot paintballs at cars. Maybe you used to play the old ding-dong ditch'em game. Everybody played that game, I hope. Because that's a fun one. Jackson, it's where you ring somebody's doorbell and you run and hide and they don't know who's there. It's awesome. Um, I know, not yet. You will. Um, By 12 or so, you'll do it. But when you do that and that light comes on a lot faster than you expected, boom, you try to get away as fast as you can. See, it's two different responses to light. See, as believers, I want us to understand, are we going to, 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 to see this light within ourselves as, as a believer and when, when, we're, when we're sinning and, and, and when we're living our lives that aren't um, lining up to what Scripture is? Is that light going to flick on? Are we going to run to the cross where the light emanates from? Are we going to run to that place where Jesus gave it to us? Or do we run and hide in our sin because, well, maybe we're comfortable or maybe it's just easy right now? See, when we run to the cross, we get that granted forgiveness yet again in, in the, the newness of life with Jesus. And when we don't, we cover it up and we hide from it and we ignore it or we excuse it. 
We struggle in life. And we live in guilt. First John, 5, uh, 1 John 1, 5-10 talks about this. I want us to hear this as we close today. I want to hear two passages of Scripture about us as believers and how we need to live in response to the fact that Jesus is light. He came from the Father. He's judging us according to the Father. And if we're walking in the light, the world needs to know we're walking in the light. First John 5, uh, 1 This is the message we have heard from Him and proclaimed to you that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with Him... While we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. I'm going to read that again because I need it. If we say that we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another in the blood of Jesus. His son cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And if we say we have not sinned, we make a liar of him and his word is not in us. To that I say, we need to be a practicers of repentance. Wandering out of our darkness and rushing to that light. Because, guys, we have an identity. We are called to know who we are. 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10. Because we're a new creation, guys. We've, we've talked about that a lot. We become a new creation. Here's what we get in 1 Peter 2. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellence of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but, <clears throat> excuse me, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Mercy, therefore, let us live and honor and glorify him with our lives.